to Through the Keyhole, home of the Association of Laparoscopic Surgeons of Great Britain and Ireland podcasts, putting innovation, technology and training at the heart of modern surgery. Hi, I'm Tan Aralampalam, giving you another ALS GBI podcast today. Um, We're socially distanced in the studio. Uh, you may hear lots of bird song because the windows are open, and I'm delighted to introduce uh, Miss Tamsin Morrison, who is our own ALS um, Equality, Diversity, Inclusion rep. Tamsin, welcome. Uh, thank you very much for that introduction. So, yeah, you, you're, you're going to tell us a bit about yourself. I'm, I've butted in already. <laughs> <laughs> so... I uh, was born and grew up in London. Um, I come from a large family. I have six siblings. I'm a surgical registrar in uh, the east of England, at Colchester at the moment. You've had the joy of of boomeranging back to Colchester, haven't you? I've been all over the region. uh, And I started my registrar training in Colchester. And now I'm more towards the end and I'm, I'm back in Colchester. Well, it's um, fantastic to have you here, and I think you're going to um, educate not just myself, but uh, quite a big audience, um, because the ALS has affiliations with the South African um, Endoscopic uh, Surgical Association and the Indian Association of Gastroendosurgeons, and I'd like to um, talk to you today about what is sort of snowballed into a big movement and I say it's snowballed but it's just been rumbling along there for for a long time it's just been kept out of view so equality or should I say equity uh, and diversity and inclusion what what are we talking about um well I'll start with firstly you know my my views are my own um my experiences are unique to me and so therefore my interpretations are as well you know, I, like everybody else, am, am learning. But to me, equality, diversity, inclusion represent core values. Um, to me, equality is a state where different quantities hold the same value, um, hold the same esteem, the same merit, recognising this with fairness. And I guess what you wonder is, you know, how can things be different but also equal and I think that's for me that brings you on to diversity. I think that's a really nice way of looking at it and I think some people look at diversity in specific groupings but I yes you know you've just described some human values Mm. and I think we need to look into the core into the soul of the people who are around us and see what value they bring. Exactly. Um, and, And I think that moves you on to the the next level of this discussion is actually what we don't want is to artificially represent groups. What we want is cognitive diversity, isn't it? Exactly. So, you know, for me, diversity is recognising, um, celebrating and, and utilising the ways that people are different, but also the ways that they are alike at the same time having the same respect for different different characteristics, different qualities, 
different experiences. And, you know, we know the data shows diverse teams outperform those based on merit alone. And you have a more robust outcome in anything you do, any team, organisation, any council, any environment when you have a broad perspective. I think that's that's very true. And I think Matthew Said um, outlines this very well in Rebel Ideas, where he talks about, um, I think, two big uh, fashion houses. And, and the fashion house that actually chose to have a shadow council of, of young people in their 20s who are using social media and all of those other things that um, perhaps the uh, stereotyped senior council, senior board, didn't even think about, ended up doing much, much better. Uh, because the world changes, everything changes. Exactly. Um, so I think cognitive diversity is, is very important. Uh, and what about the I? Have you got any thoughts about the well, inclusion part of it? I have, but you mentioned you mentioned the E first. Uh, you mentioned equity. Um, equality is fairness, is improving the conditions of disadvantaged groups because we have to we have to understand that producing or providing the same uh, fairness for all doesn't necessarily put everybody on a on a level pegging. So you know the way I think about it is if you have three people looking over a brick wall and there's a beam above the wall, the short person can't see over the wall and the tall person can't see because the beam's in the way. So equity, to me, is giving the short person a stool and the tall person a chair. Mm. Um, And I think it's very important that we recognise this in order to create a what we're aiming for is an anti-discriminatory environment. Um, That's a fantastic, uh, fantastic way of thinking about it. Um, and I think it's really interesting in healthcare, you know, yes. the, the, the the lovely thing, the, 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 the well, the stereotyped question you get at the medical school interviews, which also had a history of having the same types of people turning up, you know, sons and daughters of doctors turning up to for for, uh, medical school training. Yeah, Um, sorry to interrupt you, but I think medicine is the second most inherited profession after law. Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, I don't think any of my five, I can't (laughs) quite beat your family with six, any of my five are doing medicine, but I think that's because for a variety of other things. I mean, I still... I think this is still the best profession. I'm I'm so lucky every day, even with the slings and arrows that uh, are inevitable. Um, I've lost my train train of thought. Um, we were coming on to I inclusion. Yeah, I. So tell me your thoughts on I. You know, this is going to a society level. Being included is really, in a way, it's. It's a, a universal human right. Um, and unfortunately, you know, societal imbalances and historical situations have afforded some groups less power or less opportunity than others. You know, for me, inclusion is not having a seat at the table, which is a phrase that you hear all the time. 
it's also being valued at the table mm. and feeling welcome. It's probably being listened to as yeah. well, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so, so you've really encapsulated the what, the what is it. So how relevant is this to surgery? We're talking about it on societal levels. Yeah. What's the importance to us? What, what, why, as the ALS, have we appointed you? I think it's important to recognise within surgery, uh, within healthcare, that the demographic and the constitution of what makes up the field of surgery is changing for many reasons. You have people of much broader backgrounds, as you said. You have different ways of getting into the profession. We have access to medicine courses. And we all have a duty, and we should all have an understanding that surgery is changing, um, that surgery is not, at the moment, I would say, representative of all of the different diverse groups and characteristics that we have today. I think that, that we, can, we can do that um, in surgery without losing our uh, or, or, or not cherishing the uh, incredible heritage because surgery is, is, has been climbing a, a very tall mountain and there, there have been some excellent pioneers yep. doing incredible things, but of course they had the opportunity to, opportunity to do that. So it's very important, um, the generation of trainees coming through the ranks now and, and you're one of the senior trainees. But yeah. what do you think the, the generation coming through feel about this? It's not just about us as surgeons. It's also about our patient demographic. And we know that in some, for some groups, you have better patient outcomes as well than the people treating them are varied and diverse. Um, and I think particularly in the wake of recent movements, uh, for example, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, there has been a bigger societal awareness um, of the desire and the need to present and provide an opportunity for change. And I think a younger generation of surgical training is in a way more likely to to identify and recognize yeah. differences or lack of or underrepresentation. Yeah, I think you're you're what you're referring to is well, I mean what you've just stated is that the younger generation are rolling with it. Um yeah. and 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 I think in in many ways healthcare outcomes are related to access to healthcare. Yes. And and many many groups and you know we're sort of getting into the um, racial side of the, the argument but but uh, we we also have gender we have uh, sexuality all of those issues are extremely important in terms of accessing healthcare. and um, yeah. from what you've just told me I think it's about trying to eliminate unconscious bias it, it is but I, I would say you know you've mentioned different groups and I'd say mm. it's also for me, that brings us on to kind of uh, intersectionality. You, it's the kind of understanding that everybody has a different uh, identity, a different experience, a different mode of discrimination. And as you say, you know, that, that doesn't just come under the umbrella of your race. 
so many things, your, your sex, your gender, your education, your religion, disability, um, you know, class, your social situation. And I think also in surgery, groups that we don't always necessarily uh, consider and look at the ways in which they may be underrepresented. For example, less than full-time trainees or uh, IMGs, which is, you know, international med- medical graduates, um, the LGBTQT plus community, um, you know, so many other differences that give everybody a unique experience and in a way different barriers, different progression um, barriers or advantages. Yeah, I I think what you've, uh, you know, what you've just said um, brings to mind some very mm. personal experiences. And, and, and I'm not going to ask you to share any personal experiences if you don't want to yourself. But it is um, interesting um, how, uh, for example, um, my wife had to um, sacrifice certain elements of, of her uh, career um, so that we, we function together. And actually, yeah. uh, you know, in the mid-90s, it was a very, very different world. Um, and actually her experiences yeah. have colored how I um, look at our um, trainees and I think the value of um, as you say the um, less than full-time trainees uh, the value of, of all the people who come into surgery is extremely good because you know for, for, for a whole load of reasons um, but and because it's varied because and it's diverse varied. yeah uh, absolutely but uh, there is still more to do yeah yeah but but it, it but it is it is it is um incredibly rich yes. in terms of treating patients um which I, I don't think people quite understand and i think this plays to what you were saying about the outcomes hmm. um so i'm very proud that um you know you've told us the what we've talked about the relevance to surgery uh, you know, it's not something that we can ignore. You know, no. I, I think there are difficult conversations happening in every household about this because there is there's this perception of threat. There's this there's this massive change going on on the background of a, a, mm. a, a horrible pandemic. But I'm really proud that the ALS has taken this on in a serious way. So, and you you've taken it on. So my definitely sort of, yeah. My final two questions are going to be sort of what have you done, you know, baby steps that you've done already. You've only been sort of in post uh, for a a few weeks. And how do you see the next steps of us as an organisation moving forward? Well, I think firstly, the fact that ALS has recognised that this is important and this is something that on an organisational level and taking things forward that it, it really is relevant and change is not going to happen overnight. There are many organisations at the moment who are all working towards the same, similar uh, goals and, you know, what I've been can, doing... Can you signpost some of those? Um, yeah. You mentioned... So some of them I've been in conversation with other surgical organisations, mm-hmm. um, like ACP, um, Association of Colproctologists, uh, ALS, GBI is obviously us, 
and we have other um, surgical societies like ALGIS, the upper GI uh, organisation, ASGBI, Association of uh, Surgeons of Great Britain um, and Ireland. And although I'm relatively uh, new to this steering group, you know, the aim is collaborative work because as a group, we are a stronger task force. Um, As I said, we're all working towards the same aim. Um, We all want to respond appropriately and adequately to the Kennedy Report uh, recommendations as surgeons. Uh, So, you know, there's hopes that we take things forward with the Royal College of Surgeons as well. Um, You know, in terms of what we're doing with with ALS GBI, we're looking at our own council constitution. We'd like to look at our membership constitution um, and really not only just appreciate the diversity of our membership, but see how we can make things even better. That's... Um, and how we can support our membership. That's a great vision. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. You know, societally, there's lots of educational um, initiatives going on. Do you think Do you think we should specifically have something for our society? This is, again, I know a personal view. Um, or, or do you think we should be just embedding it into our our courses, etc.? How How do you think we inform people about this? Because... It's a conversation yeah. that has to be had, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, w- ultimately what we what we want to aim for is a situation where it can't be ignored, really. Um, and ACP have been running these fantastic regional uh, EDI workshops, which are, are open to all. And a lot of it is about listening uh, to people's experiences, their viewpoints, and really just understanding what this means to people and what their barriers are you know i think task groups workforce workshops um they all are fantastic opportunities for everybody to be heard within our organization it's something that definitely would be would be great to do i guess what we would also need to consider is do we arrange this ourselves do we use a professional facilitator um, and I think it's also important to recognise that not everybody necessarily wants to share their experiences, but mm. some do, and, and we can all learn from that. Yeah. Um, and you can learn a great deal from other people's experiences, even if they don't necessarily affect you personally. That's been a really, really interesting walk through this journey. So um, I'm going to ask you to think about three takeaways that um, the listeners should have in, in perhaps perhaps something small they may want to do, perhaps engagement in things you're going to do. But what I've gathered from this mm. conversation is um, how important that cognitive diversity is. Yep. And, and I, I love the giving the short person the stool and the tall person the chair and, and, um, and also how important this inclusivity is. It is really relevant to surgery, uh, you know, in a, in a healthcare system that is so bereft of, of staff um, mm. with lack of posts being filled for a variety of reasons. We want to look after every single member of our staff, make them feel val- very valued, particularly 100%. after a pandemic where we've all been ha- hammered and, and worked pretty hard physically and mentally. Um, and I think in surgery, 
it, it lends itself so well to the equity of access because we all know that access has speeds people through the process of, of healthcare and just allows us to uh, to, to lead our best life um, in terms of as a patient with with poor healthcare um, to think about. And I think as a society, you know, you, you've we're taking small steps, and I think um, the the starting point is to know what's out there. Exactly. Um, and and as you know, you quite wisely said. Um, you can't make the massive changes. You know, it won't just happen overnight. So um, have I given you enough time to think about three takeaways? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, number one, I would say, listen to other people and use that as a form of education. Yeah. And that education may be through whichever channel you prefer that could be social media that could be books that could be simply a conversation in the coffee room yeah um number two i would say always bear in mind what edi isn't um and what it shouldn't be it shouldn't be symbolism or perfunctory action you know we want sustainable change so what we shouldn't be doing is appearing to support mm. changes in the field of surgery or within our organisation without really getting down to the point of it, without a true willingness to improve inequity, to improve diversity. It is a core, sincere yes. belief. Yeah, I get that. And number three, read the Kennedy Report. Yeah. Or the yeah. summary. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, I think that's, you know, we love evidence, don't we? <laughs> So I think that's a very good good thing to do. So Tamsin, um, that was really um, edifying for myself. Um, I think it's uh, an area that, that will just simply grow. Um, I'd like to encourage our members um, and those surgeons who are not members of the ALS to join and, and, and get involved with this very important um, task force that will... I'm sure change things for the better. So, Tamsin, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for joining Through the Keyhole. You will find more interesting podcasts in this series, as well as online resources, from the ALS GBI at www.alsgbi.org.